Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Sports Time Machine here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I'm Anna Kagarikis, and each week we head down memory lane, and I take you back in time and remember some of the greatest moments in sports history. Leave your flux capacitor at home. All you need to do is subscribe to the show on iTunes or any of your other favorite directories like Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Thanksgiving, turkey, stuffing, gravy, and football. While Thanksgiving will look different in many households this year, there's still a bit of normalcy thanks to football. You can't think of Thanksgiving without the Cowboys and Lions, and turkey and pigskin go hand in hand. Now, Paul Catalina, who covers the Cowboys and hosts the Believe in Cowboys podcast, will join me in a bit to reminisce some of the greatest games on Turkey Day. And we'll chat about one of the best places he's enjoyed a Thanksgiving meal. But first, how did Thanksgiving in football become one of the greatest combos since peanut butter and jelly. The NFL has actually been playing games on Thanksgiving since its formation back in 1920. There was a five-year break for World War II, but the tradition returned in 1946. The Lions began playing on the national holiday in 1934 when owner George A. Richards decided to play on Thanksgiving Day to attract more fans. And the plan was an immediate hit. That Thanksgiving, the Lions not only sold out the stadium, but also had to turn people away at the gates. According to the Hall of Fame, the 26,000 tickets for the Turkey Day Clash in the University of Detroit Stadium were sold out two weeks in advance of the game. It was estimated that another 25,000 would have attended had there been seats available. The Lions lost to the Bears, but a new tradition was born. In 1966, Dallas owner Tex Schramm volunteered his team to play. The NFL was concerned about how many tickets the Cowboys could sell that day, but the Cowboys had reported 80,000-plus fans show up at the Cotton Bowl to watch them play the Cleveland Browns. Since 1978, the Lions and Cowboys have hosted a game on Thanksgiving every single year. Detroit always plays the early game, followed by Dallas in the late afternoon. Then in 2006, the NFL added a third primetime game to the schedule, featuring a rotating selection of teams. That first new primetime game was the first time Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo burst into the national spotlight by throwing for five touchdowns in the Cowboys' 38-10 win over the Buccaneers. The slate changed a bit this year because of COVID-19. That third primetime game between the Ravens and the Steelers has been pushed back to Sunday. But the Lions and Cowboys will keep their tradition going. Today, we'll relive some of the greatest and most memorable games that happened on Thanksgiving Day. But before we get to Paul, let's hear one now. It's one of the few on the list that doesn't feature the Cowboys or Lions. While this was not one of the greatest games that played on the holiday, it was certainly one of the most memorable and will live in infamy. The butt fumble. Here's sound from the past. Oh, 
years ago, we talked to Tom Moore then at Indianapolis, the offensive coordinator. You got a busted play here, and then, oh, no. and then Sanchez gets hit. The ball is loose, and it's alive. I have never seen this before in my life. Watch this. Vince Wilfork is going to throw Brandon Moore back into his quarterback. He's going to fumble the football. This is what Reggie White used to do to people, forklift them and just lift them off the ground. Mark Sanchez not expecting it, and it was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. Patriots beat the Jets 49-14, and this was a Thanksgiving day Mark Sanchez will never live down. I'll have more great moments from Thanksgiving Day, but first, let's chat with Paul Catalina. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. All right, what I'm thankful for today is Paul Catalina, who joins me to chat a little bit about Thanksgiving football. He covers the Cowboys and hosts the Believe in Cowboys podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Paul, thank you so much for joining me today. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to you. It's, uh, it's great to be, be on the show talking history. I have a big history buff myself. So I always have a lot of fun just kind of looking back at games because it's always fun to reminisce and just kind of get nostalgic, especially when it comes to the holidays. But give us a little background on you. How long have you covered the Cowboys? Uh, I've uh, you know, been on the radio here in Texas for 15 years, going on my 16th year. You, know, you talk about the Cowboys you know, every day, uh, no matter with offseason or not. But uh, I've been covering the Cowboys you know, in person covering games and going up to the, you know, the facility now for, for going on 11 years. So I've been to a lot of Thanksgiving day games. I've been to training camps and playoff games and all that. So I've, I've seen, I've seen them, uh, well, I've seen them fail a lot in the last 10 years. They haven't <laughs> been, you know, what I grew up watching for the Cowboys. All right. Well, let's talk about your Thanksgiving. So since you've covered a lot of those games, what, what's your routine like when it comes to Thanksgiving? I mean, obviously this year is different from the past, but what's it normally like for you? Yeah, this, uh, th well, this year is the first year in 10 years that I will be with my family, uh, wow. with my mom and my sister and her kids. And uh, usually I'm at the game and we have to schedule around, but because of COVID, uh, you know, the, I'm not going. So, uh, which is, I mean, like, it's a blessing and a curse. Like, I'll miss it, obviously. But if there's ever a year for me not to want to go uh, to the game watching two, three, and seven teams in a pillow fight, uh, really not, not, not my idea of fun. And then, you know, I get to be with my family on a day normally when we have to, you know, shuffle the deck a little bit. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Do they give you some good food, though, in the press box usually to get the whole, you know, the whole fixings, turkey, stuffing, all the goods? And if you can ever get to cover a Cowboys game for anything, now Thanksgiving is the next level, but normal Cowboys fare, Jerry Jones is second to none. Mm -hmm. There's always a carving station. There's always desserts. There's always, you know, this macaroni and cheese they make with truffles. That's unbelievable. Like they, they, they roll it out. And Thanksgiving is just, it's second to none. I mean, it's unbelievable what Jerry rolls out on Thanksgiving day. Unbelievable. All right, so that's going to be a goal for me one day is to somehow cover a Cowboys game on Thanksgiving. So I'm going to have to somehow venture out there just to go check out the press box and get the food there. But, you know, since you've covered a lot of Cowboys games, a lot of Turkey Day football, what is it about watching football on Thanksgiving Day that makes that tradition so special? Well, the great thing about, about football, that sports, is that it's the great uniter. You know, like no matter what, even if you're in a room with, if I was in a house full of, of Washington football team fans, 
then, uh, you know, even then, like I'm a Cowboys fan, like it would be, it, it's fun. Even though, like, even though there's division, there's, there's unity in that division. Cause you're all watching that same thing and enjoying that same thing. And Thanksgiving is the great uniter of the holidays. So it just matches up so well, you know, everybody's coming together. It's an activity you can all do together. It's, they're the games that a lot of people watch. So Thanksgiving Day games are kind of like the Super Bowl. So even though you not, may not necessarily be a football fan because your family's sitting down and watching it, you'll watch it with them. And again, you know, it's, it's kind of it's the, it's the uniter of all, of all things. Every year on Thanksgiving, you've got the Cowboys and you've got the Lions. Every year they've been doing it. It is a tradition. What are your thoughts, though, of keeping that tradition, of keeping both those teams playing every year? Well, I think they've earned it because back in the day when nobody wanted to do it, they did it. And so they've kind of earned that tradition. And, you know, I know that, like, you know, rotate now. We just found out that the Steelers and Ravens aren't going to get to play right. uh, on Thanksgiving. But uh, the, the rotating through that third game, I think, you know, helps placate the other teams that want that that spotlight. And it's the primetime game. So I think that that's fine. I, I think it should always be those two teams because when the NFL said we want to play games on Thanksgiving, most of the league said no, and the Cowboys and Lions said, yeah, where do we sign? Well, it also fits almost that Cowboys were always known as America's team, so it kind of fits that the most American holiday mm-hmm. in Thanksgiving, you have America's team playing on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, and they are, look, no matter what, and I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people, the Cowboys really kind of anger people when it comes to that they're still America's team. It's been a quarter of a century since they've won a Super Bowl. They're still somehow relevant in in, in you know, even though a quarter of a century now has gone by of, of you know, really abject mediocrity, uh, but they are still relevant because of the way they handle their business and the way that the world reacts to them. So, yeah, they're America's team, for better or for worse. I'll be honest, though. So just a little background. I mean, I grew up a 49er fan, so obviously the rivalry mm-hmm. between the, the Cowboys and the Niners were huge for me growing up. But my grandfather actually immigrated here from Greece and he became a Cowboys fan because he wanted to be all American. So I always had mm-hmm. that in my household where I had them as the all American team. But so I have a little soft spot when it comes to the Cowboys and being called America's team. So I understand that, but it's interesting because they have been known for having so many great games, obviously, because you know, they're playing every year on Thanksgiving, but what is it when you look back on all these games, what's the most memorable game that comes to mind for you when it comes to Thanksgiving football. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you back to back years for me. And cause this is when in their heyday and I was, I was 13 and 14 years old when these happened. So I was a kid, but 1993, the dog, the Cowboys 16 to 14, two things happened in that game. One Emmett Smith was hurt and they signed a guy off the street named Lincoln Coleman, who was the, the running back and they're playing in the snow. Like it snowed in Dallas on Thanksgiving, which believe me, it's not going to get anywhere close to that. It's going to like, I'm kind of excited because it's 61 degrees right now and the low is 45 tonight. Like it's, it's finally cool uh, in Texas, but it snowed on Thanksgiving. They had to like constantly run the snow plow over the yard line so they could, they could keep what was going on. And believe me in Texas that you might as well be talking about the apocalypse when it snows here. <laughs> so uh, they had that game, but that game is very famous for, uh, also, the uh, the uh, Leon Lett, uh like slid into the ball uh, at the block field goal at the end of the game. They're playing the Dolphins, and uh, so they're going to win fourteen to thirteen. They block a field goal. Pete Sarnovich block a field goal. Leon Lett inexplicably comes and slides into the ball 
to try and pick it up and knocks it to about the two or three yard line. Well, he didn't recover it. The Dolphins recovered. And then there was still time on the clock. So they got to kick a field goal and win the game. And Leon let, you know, cost a bunch of gamblers some money. Uh, and, you know, everybody thought, oh, my God, here the Cowboys are going to spiral out of control. But they wind up going on and winning the Super Bowl again that year. The next year was maybe my favorite one in that Troy Aikman was hurt, who was my favorite player growing up. And Jason Garrett, now, you know, former Cowboys head coach and now Giants offensive coordinator, had to play quarterback and was outstanding. We'd never seen him play before. Mm-hmm. He was outstanding. And they beat the Packers 42 to 31. But I remember all week long at school, people, because I grew up in South Florida, but people were giving me crap about like, oh, the Cowboys are going to lose. <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And then like, I was, you know, then Jason Garrett came out. I remember going back to school on Monday being like, Jason Garrett is better than your quarterback, which is obviously not true. But it was, I remember like thinking like, that's just, and that's, that's just the glory of America's team. Of course, they didn't win the Super Bowl in 1994. Right. Your 49ers did. Mm-hmm. So. But that was at the heat of that, that rivalry of like that was game was huge because you know the Cowboys needed to win that game to keep pace and you know all that. And Garrett was the third string quarterback at the time, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Um, I'm trying to remember who the backup was. It might have been Rodney Pete. Yeah, I believe it was Pete. Yeah, so he got he got hurt. Like both Aikman and the and the backup were hurt. So Jason Garrett has to come in again. We never seen him do anything other than in preseason games hold a clipboard. You know, so he was essentially a coach back then. It's so funny to think that he was part of that game. And yeah, you're right. It's one of those memories that you think, okay, you have Aikman who's out. He was the man and he's out. And you think, okay, we'll just throw this one away. But there's something about that primetime game that's so special. And I think when you look at what you're talking about, the Ravens and Steelers, their game being postponed to Sunday this year. You know, you got a guy like Juju who came out who's really upset about it. I mean, what is that for these players? It's it's a big game for them. How big do you think it is to play on Thanksgiving now? Yeah, well, I host a podcast every every week with Orlando Skandrick who played in the game 10 times. And I asked him the very question this week, what does it mean to play in this game? And he said, look, uh, most of the time players hate playing on Thursday. They hate it. Hate it. Uh, because it's a short week. It's really screwed up but thanksgiving takes that all out because that's a chance for you to show kind of who you are it's a showcase for your team the whole country is going to be watching you it's a big deal players love playing on thanksgiving it means a lot to them so the steelers and the ravens are you know obviously bummed out the steelers are angry i the steelers are, are mad about not playing on thanksgiving or the fact that they've already had a game covid rescheduled and it's right. going to really mess with their time off i think that's probably what they're more mad about is losing the vacation days but uh, they, you know, the Cowboys, like they're always fired up to play on Thanksgiving. Now that doesn't always show in the results. You know, there are nightmare days like the one where Randy Moss came in in 98 mad that they didn't draft them and tore them a new one. But yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's good ones where they surprise people as well. You know, I might be one of the few that think this, but there tends to be a lot of obviously the stinkers on Thursday night, uh, because of the short weeks and everything. But as much as I love having more football, I've always been a proponent of I don't think that Thursday night football should begin until Thanksgiving. I think it should start. Thanksgiving is your first Thursday night game, and then you can continue if you want. But I still think there is something special about having that first Thursday night game being on Thanksgiving. Yeah, there's the sanctity to it, right? There mm-hmm. should or there is there should be of like this is the day when, you know, because, again, you think about Thursday nights like, OK, most years, that's when the college football season has started to wind down and they've. They put some rivalry games there. Like when I was a kid, it was always Nebraska and Colorado was either that day or the day after Texas and in Texas, 
or Nebraska and Oklahoma. You know, like there were always cool games on Thanksgiving in college that were at night and that NFL games were during the day, you know? And so I, I do miss that because now it's pretty much an NFL dominated day. Now I know there's going to be some college basketball games, but eh, you know, like that will, I, I will worry about that once football's over. All right, well, let's talk about this year, though, now. So this year, you've got in the morning, you've got the Lions and the Texans. Then for the main course, you've got the divisional battle between the Cowboys and the Washington football team. Obviously, no dessert this year. But which of those games do you think will go down in history as, as the better game? Um, well, because the Texans are really bad, and the Lions are kind of listless. So I'm not looking forward <laughs> to that one. But the, the, something always in the Lions game on Thanksgiving, something weird always happens. Yep. You know, I remember like one year Herman Moore had like 14 catches or something like that uh, in a Thanksgiving Day game, and Calvin Johnson had a big one. So there's always something weird that goes on in that game. A third-string quarterback will come in and win for the Lions. You know, that's the same thing that happened to the Cowboys. I think they happened a couple of years ago. But, you know, um, I just think as far as the two teams go, they're, they're not as fun to watch. And, and look, the Cowboys are an utter disappointment. But last week they showed that they're starting to, to maybe pick it up and, and, and find themselves a little bit. The division's bad, but here's why I'm more interested in this one outside of my fandom and my, my journalistic responsibilities is that uh, you got a 3-7 and seven team and a 3-7 and seven team playing for first place on Thanksgiving, yep. like on Thanksgiving day. So whoever wins this game is going to have at least a share of first place going into the weekend. And the Eagles have a, a really rough schedule going down the stretch. And Carson Wentz has somehow forgotten how to play football this year. And it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. So the Eagles might be out of this thing. And then the Cowboys giants and the football team, they're all kind of in it, you know? So even as bad as the Cowboys season has been, they've got a chance. Like this could make things really interesting and intriguing. And uh, I also, as someone who's in the media uh, and covers these things, I kind of love to watch the chaos in that there's a bunch of Cowboys fans that know that no matter what happens, if they win the division, they're not going to win in the playoffs. This is not a Super Bowl caliber team and Cowboys fans are tired of them just going to the playoffs and losing and leaving. They want them to go to the playoffs and win the Super Bowl. That's what they want. So since that's not going to happen this year, more than likely, They'd rather the season be over and have a high draft pick. Well, every time the Cowboys win, that plan gets foiled. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll see. And so I I do enjoy watching. I mean, sometimes it annoys me, the chaos of Cowboys fans, but I do enjoy watching the, you know, the kind of the the, the cauldron bubble and and, and see what people really think of, because it it does give you a good beat on, on what they're thinking, what they want. Well, it's going to be a good one for sure. So I think that one, I think, is one of the games I'm actually looking forward to seeing the most this year. But here's a tough question now. Favorite Thanksgiving dish? Oh, favorite Thanksgiving dish? Man, uh, I mean, is it cliche to say turkey? I mean, like, nah. I mean, I eat turkey all the I eat turkey kind of a lot. But how do you make but, it? I mean, like, thanks. Well, uh, this year, uh, and, and this was a bit of a battle, um, I, I always prefer... Um, we have a very good barbecue place here in town that does whole turkey. And so they do it better than I can. And I don't have a smoker anymore. So I like a good smoked turkey mm-hmm. uh, on a good Texas pit barbecue smoked turkey. We are going to do it because I was outvoted uh, in, in, in the oven uh, and, and roast it, which is fine. It'll come out good. Uh, it's all about how you, how you take care of the bird. So I like a good smoked or, or a deep fried turkey. You'd like a deep fried Cajun turkey. Oh man. Now that's like good. in Louisiana, yep. they know, they know how to do it. They know how to do it. So, uh, but my, my family kind of outvoted me, which is fine. We live in a democracy. So 
Uh, I'll, I'll take, I'll take the, my lumps and I'm, I mean, they're, we're cooking the turkey over at my house and then taking it to my mom. So I do have some agency over what happens to it. Okay. Well, that's, you know what though? You could do what we do because I have the big fat Greek family. So we're doing two. So I have one on Thursday with my husband's side of the family. And then my family's getting together on Saturday. On Saturday, we're smoking the turkey for that family because that's how they want to have it done. Just let, let, let me ask you this. Cause I'm, I'm Italian mm-hmm. and my, when my family watched my big fat Greek wedding, our cultures are very similar. Yep. And uh, like we, I mean, it's almost like outside of the language, it's really almost the same. And your food's a little bit lighter. <laughs> you don't want to fall asleep right after you eat it. Uh, I'll just so, keep, well, we just keep uh, eating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, the scene where they're introducing uh, the, the fiance around and it's like, Nick, 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 Nick. That's my family. Yep. My father was named Pete, and there are like 30 other Pete's. And like, I, I mean, we just died laughing. Like, nope, Greeks did like, it could be my big fat Italian wedding. Same thing. That's the same thing. Same. My son is named after both my father and my father-in-law, full name Constantine. And then my brother-in-law's mm-hmm. full name, Constantine, he goes by Dean. So we have probably about 10 Constantines in our family. So, yeah, we have a yeah, lot of that. That's, the, a- that's just our name instead of Nick. Yeah. 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 That's a great that y'all and Greek people can really pull that off. Oh yeah. By you the can. way. It's yeah. it's a, it's tradition and we love tradition. <laughs> yeah. If you're anybody else, it's you're you're faking it. Well, we share a sea, so it's okay. We got the Mediterranean. That's why we get along so well. That's why the Greeks and Italians <laughs> go right. way back. All right, my yeah, last that's right. Exactly. So before we go, my last Thanksgiving question is gravy a side dish or a condiment? Uh, well, look, in Texas, it's a side dish. Okay. I mean, you know, uh, it's, yeah, if you, if it's thick enough, it's a side dish. I mean, and again, you know, there, there are like gravy, gravy is a staple in Texas. So outside of, I mean, like some people only eat gravy on Thanksgiving in you know, more healthy parts of the world. But in Texas, uh, you know, it's a breakfast, lunch and dinner, uh, 365, if you can get it. Paul, we got so along so well until this point. <laughs> I kid. Well, I kid. I'm, look, I'm just telling you, look, I know we did. We did. But I, I like and look, I can see like in reasonable parts of the world, gravy, you know, is <laughs> it's a condiment. It should be a condiment. It should be viewed as a condiment just for your dietary health. But in Texas, we, we don't we make our own rules. Well, I will one day come out there. I will try the condiment. I will try the condiment. I will try the gravy. At the press box one day, I'm sure it's going to be delicious because you guys always do it right in Texas. Uh, but, Paul, thank you so much for coming on today. Where can people find you? Where can people find the podcast? And tell us more about your show. Uh, well, uh, I, you can find me, like, my regular day job is I, I work for Sigum 365 Radio, Sigum365.com. Uh, so you can find me there. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Paul Catalina, just my name, uh, P-A-U-L-C-A-T-A-L-I-N-A. Uh, and then on Instagram at Paul Catalina 56 but I'm 40. I don't quite understand the medium all that well. So uh, forgive me if my Instagram seems kind of dorky. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not that good at it. Uh, and then, uh, and then you can just get the podcast, believe in the Cowboys with uh, me and Orlando Scandrick, uh, wherever you get your podcast, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google play, Stitcher. I don't like there's, there's so many of them, but we're, we're on all of them. So um, we're on the, the believe podcast network, but you're on the believe podcast network. And uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to find us. Perfect. And then uh, where can people listen to your stand-up comedy, I hear? Oh, yes. Uh, I, do, I, do quite, I do quite a bit in non-pandemic time. Right. So hopefully coming up here soon, um, I'll, I'll roll it out on Twitter 
uh, on my YouTube channel, some of the newer stuff. I took down, I took down a bunch of old, old, you know, old, I'm talking from the nineties stuff that I had up on the YouTube channel about six months ago. Cause I thought if people want to hear me doing Clinton jokes anymore <laughs> when I was 19 years old, I don't think so. But yeah, no, I'll have some stuff up there. Uh, and, uh, and probably in the, in the new year when we can get back to doing normal stand up in normal times. Fantastic. Paul, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving and enjoy all the football. Absolutely. You too. A big thank you again to Paul for joining me and talking Thanksgiving and football. You know, I'm already thinking about that food. But before we get into meals, it's time to jump back into the sports time machine to revisit some of the greatest moments in football history on Thanksgiving Day. And let's begin with one that Paul mentioned. We'll first go back to 1993 on a rare snowy Thanksgiving in Dallas. Cowboys hosting the Dolphins. Here's the Leon Let's Slide. Will it go in the win column to Dallas or Miami? Stoyanovich will decide it as he will try this field goal, which will be 40 yards. 40 yards. Doug Peterson to hold. Blocks. The Cowboys will win. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where was in the end zone? No one covered it. And Miami did. That could be a touchdown if Miami has covered it. A Dallas player touched the ball, and then the Dolphins went on and recovered it. It's on the one-yard line. It's not in the end zone. It's in the one-yard line. They're going to sort it out. And there's three seconds left on the clock. 92, Tolbert gets his hand up in the air and knocks the ball. No, it's not 92. It's 97. Jimmy Jones. Now, someone touches the football here. Watch what happens. It's Leon Lett. No! Oh, Lett, who is haunted by a Super Bowl misplay. And the ball goes into the end zone. They say it was touched at the one-yard line. And with three seconds left, Miami is that close to pulling this one out. Not Leon Lett. The kicking team gets awarded the ball at the spot in the field of play. First down. And the Dolphins, as if they received an early holiday present, cheer on the sidelines. The Dolphins pull it out. 16-14. Game over. Now, this was a hard one for Cowboys fans to swallow because 10 months earlier, when he recovered a fumble in Dallas's trouncing of the Bills in Super Bowl 27, Led was the one who recovered a fumble late in that game held out the ball to Showboat, and had the ball knocked out of his hand into the end zone for a touchback. On the bright side, Dallas went on to win the Super Bowl after Let's goof up on Thanksgiving. So that was swept under the rug. 1998 had two games with big moments. Let's start first with the coin toss heard round the world. Lions and Steelers were in a rare overtime game. But this one is most remembered because of the coin toss. Steelers captain Jerome Bettis claimed he called heads, but the ref said he called tails, and thus, chaos ensued. Heads, tails, tails, heads. Call it plays in the air. Heads is the call. He said heads, it is a tails. Oh, I believe he said tails. He did. Look at Jerome Bettis. He's still, what's going on? 
Tyus is out there yelling at him. He said, I called Tails. Oh, he did call Tails. The Lions won the toss and just squeaked by the Steelers 19-16 when Jason Hansen nailed the game-winning field goal from 42 yards out on the first possession. This Turkey Day game prompted a change in the NFL rulebook. And thanks to this play, the NFL now requires players to call the coin toss before it is flipped. The 1998 draft is remembered as the one when the Colts were debating on choosing between Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. But it's also remembered for the Cowboys passing on Hall of Famer Randy Moss. Jerry Jones was nervous about drafting the receiver. He didn't go to Dallas and instead made the Cowboys pay on Thanksgiving Day. A game that is commonly referred to as the Randy Moss revenge game. Vikings and Cowboys. The game consisted of passing touchdown after passing touchdown. Troy Aikman set the record for most passing yards in a Thanksgiving Day game with 455 yards on 34 completions. But it wasn't enough. Minnesota quarterback Randall Cunningham threw three touchdowns of over 50 yards. Two went to Moss and the other one went to Chris Carter. Cunningham threw for 359 yards on only 17 completions, averaging 21.1 yards per completion. But another shocking stat that made this game an instant classic and gave Moss his revenge was his impressive stat line. 163 yards on only three receptions. And all three of them were touchdown receptions. Minnesota. Randy Moss breaks a tackle, and Randy Moss races down the sideline, and Randy Moss just outruns everybody into the end zone. Final score, Vikings 46, Cowboys 36. 1982 and the one-man wrecking crew. When you look at Lawrence Taylor's career highlights, the game played on Thanksgiving Day in 1982 is one of LT's best. Taylor was unable to start the game because of a knee injury but he entered the game in the second quarter and immediately made an impact. Lions and Giants were tied in the fourth quarter with Detroit driving down the field. Lions quarterback Gary Danielson took the snap, tossed the ball to Horace King, who was running a fade out to the sideline. But Taylor got in the way. Danielson looking outside. Picked off by Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor down the sideline. Don't think he can't run. Lawrence Taylor picked off a pass and returned it for 97 yards for the touchdown, giving the Giants the 13-6 victory. LT's three forced turnovers resulted in all 13 points for New York. Now, 1995 featured a Thanksgiving shootout between quarterbacks Scott Mitchell and Warren Moon. The two combined to throw for 794 yards and seven touchdowns. Mitchell had 30 completions, totaling 410 yards and four touchdowns for the Lions. Moon totaled 384 yards for the Vikings. But the craziest stat is that both QBs completed exactly 30 passes. Lions beat the Vikings 44-38 in one of the most explosive games in Thanksgiving Day history. 
A big game for Barry Sanders, 138 yards and one touchdown with a 50-yard TD. But two years later, he had one of the greatest rushing performances on Thanksgiving Day. 1997 Lions and Bears Chicago came into the game 2-11, and and the Lions were trailing 20-10. But late in the second quarter, Barry Sanders decided it was time to play. Second and six at the Bear 40. <laughs> Mitchell gets to Sanders. Sanders has got some room to operate. Barry Sanders inside the 10. Touchdown. Unbelievable. Can he accelerate? The, the, the moves and the vision. Look at the vision. I mean, he sees everything. Shakes another. Barry Sanders touchdown is second of the day. It's amazing. Well, he's broken all kinds of records. Set or tied today, the fifth 1,500-yard-plus straight rushing season. 11 straight 100-yard games. That breaks Marcus Allen's record. There may have been a better runner, but I have never seen him. Third and ten. Three wide receivers. Mitchell gives to Sanders. Barry Sanders comes out of the pack. 34-20. The Lions lead, and here's Sanders again. Sanders will score his third of the day. He is absolutely amazing. Sanders scored on a 40-yard run before the half to cut the Bears' lead to three. and didn't stop there. After the half, Sanders took completely over, rushing for 167 yards on only 19 carries and scoring a total of three touchdowns. The Lions dominated the game, scoring 55 points, the most scored by one team in a Thanksgiving Day game. Between 1989 and 1998, one thing football fans could always count on was watching one of the greatest running backs of all time in Barry Sanders show up on Thanksgiving Day. Now for some honorable mentions. In 2013, Ravens' Jacoby Jones would have taken it to the end zone had he not been slowed down by Mike Tomlin on the sidelines. Apparently, Tomlin was staring at the big screen, but maybe should have been called for 12 men on the field. Gotta say, it's too bad we don't get Ravens and Steelers this Thanksgiving. In 1996, we had the Battle of the Running Backs. Lions and Chiefs were in a fourth-quarter cliffhanger. Chiefs quarterback Rich Gannon completed a touchdown pass to tie it up at 21. The Lions took the lead with a field goal, but Kansas City wasn't done. Gannon connected with Marcus Allen in the end zone to give the Chiefs a 28-24 win over the Lions. Greg Hill and Marcus Allen combined for 176 yards and two touchdowns in this holiday classic that was back and forth until the final whistle blew. 1980 featured the first ever Thanksgiving Day game that went into overtime. The Bears scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns to force overtime against the Lions. But it was short and sweet for the Bears. Dave Williams returned the opening kickoff for a 95-yard touchdown to give Chicago the 23-17 win over the Lions in the shortest overtime in history at the time. You know, there's even more games that I can mention and if you think of one that I missed, maybe one of your favorites, reach out on Twitter at Anna Kagraikis and use the hashtag Sports Time Machine to let me know which Thanksgiving game 
was your favorite? One that's certainly not my favorite, the turkey on the 50. Now that's a thorn in 49er fans' side in a game that Richard Sherman avoids talking about since, you know, he's playing for the other team now. Or maybe you have an affinity towards Jason Garrett's big game for the Cowboys like Paul did. The underdog that stepped up in the spotlight and pulled off the unthinkable. These holiday matchups are the perfect backdrop to create nostalgic memories and moments that you're proud to tell your grandchildren about one day. Unless you're Mark Sanchez, but he even still makes light of the infamous play. One thing's for sure. No matter how different your Thanksgiving looks this year in your home, at least on TV, you can still make football part of your annual holiday traditions. Before we head out, what's your favorite Thanksgiving side? I always make my sweet potato casserole for my family. There's pecans, brown sugar, and mini marshmallows on the edges. But I think my favorite thing to eat on Thanksgiving is stuffing. My mom makes the best stuffing it has. Bits of bacon, chestnuts, and celery. It's, it's delicious. It's the perfect complement to your bird. But here's my question. Do you call it dressing or stuffing? Now, I've always called it stuffing, but apparently I've been wrong. Stuffing is what is literally stuffed inside the bird. Makes complete sense. But when it's cooked on the outside in a separate pan, outside of the turkey cavity... It's referred to as dressing. It's technical, but hey, now you know. And that's what I prefer, so I guess I'll now say my favorite side would have to be dressing. Well, that will do it for today. Thank you again for listening to Sports Time Machine. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate Sports Time Machine on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You could also find the show at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Anna Kagarakis, again, K-A-G-A-R-A-K-I-S. And I'm also on Instagram at Anna Kags. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Thanks for heading down memory lane with me. I'm Anna Kagarakis, and we'll talk soon. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.